Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise Guys, one of which is me, Jim Borland. The other one is you, Keith Funk. Well, good morning. Yes, indeed. It looks like it's going to be a grand morning, a great sunrise as usual, and uh, a nice warm week coming up. God, like we need another one. <laughs> I know. Well, I guess you can. It's, it'll be comfortable to get out there and, and, and water your yard. Yeah, well, we did that it yesterday. Is dry, dry, dry. Oh, man. Dry. Woo, doggies. I was listening to our intro. And it says, on the air since 1994. And I, I'm thinking, why don't we just say on the air since last century? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not? Hey, we had a snow over the past couple of days. Uh, what was the day before Thanksgiving? Yeah. Some snow. I don't know. Did that one count? Is that measurable? I think it was point zero 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 three inches. That I don't something that small. I don't think count. Uh, it, it, I think they're saying that this is the first November without snow ever. I wouldn't doubt it. And it looks like we're going into December without snow ever. Would you mind lowering I, that blind for I, me, please? Because it's just going to blind me. It's that big star out there. Which way do you go? <laughs> go left. Go left, young man. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate it. And needed some assist. Oh, my, my <laughs> eyes. My beautiful eyes. We usually have Sean do that. He, he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's slowing down on the job here this morning. Uh, no doubt. Well, did you have your 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 turkey day? Yes, I just woke up from my food coma this uh, morning. Okay, we had our octo turducken. Your octo turducken, <laughs> gross. <laughs> that's 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 no, that was fine. I I like turkey. I like duck. I like chicken, and who doesn't like calamari? Well, I was going to say, is it is it eight turduckens or was there an octopus involved? No, they, well, that's the octo turducken <laughs> part of that. <laughs> oh dear, another one in the can, as they say. And you blink, and it's going to be Christmas time. Yes, yes. My house is all decorated, though. Well, I'm um, ready to go. Well, we got our we cut our Christmas tree the other day. Did you on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, cut it, and it's at home and sitting in water mm -hmm. outside. I felt bad for, a, on Thanksgiving Day in the morning, of course, I felt bad for myself because I had to go to the grocery store in the morning oh, on Thanksgiving Day. But um, I pull out of the driveway and into, you know, out of the neighborhood and, and the median that identifies mm -hmm. our neighborhood, there's a guy putting Christmas lights up on I think it. Really, you have to do that on Thanksgiving Day? I mean, couldn't you do that tomorrow? <laughs> couldn't you have done it last week like everybody oh, yeah. else? <laughs> why, why are you doing it on Thanksgiving Day? I felt bad for him. Yeah, poor, poor guy. Well, he probably got time and a half. No, probably double time on holiday mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you're, you're going to turn into a, a beautiful 
uh, residential area. Oh, go home. he did a really nice job. Really? They were, you know, in, in full glory this morning when I left where do the they house, pl- it was dark. Uh, knowing where you live and, and the setup there, where do they plug those in? Oh, there's a street light right there in the, mid, in oh, the median, okay. so there's all kinds of electrical okay. availability. Just, just, just curious. Can you plug into that and steal their electricity? <laughs> <laughs> well, I give them my water to water the median, so I might want to just take some electricity in return. Yeah, what's right? Fair trade to me. That's right. They're right. All right. What else is going on? Well, what we else? should give out the phone number. <clears throat> oh, we should. Well, we should tell people why we're here. We're here to do a garden show. It's a garden answer show on our, our end, and on your end, it's a garden question show. And both of those occur at this following phone number, 303-477-2473. And we'll take your garden question. And it could, doesn't have to be garden. It can just plant-related. You could have a garden inside, I guess. I guess. We, can answer, we can attempt to answer those questions as well. We could try. I mean... <laughs> I don't know, Keith, if you're up for it. <laughs> sure. As long as it's not about changing your car oil or something, yeah, something you know. like that. It has to be plant-related. That would be nice. Uh, plant-related, speaking of which, my uh, holiday cactus, I have to call them that because they come into bloom when they feel like it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they are butted up and starting to bloom. I've had mine, has, it's first uh, flowers open just before Halloween. It's still blooming. Yeah. And it still has small buds coming. So it looks like it's going to just keep going for a while. And uh, my cyclamen is starting to bud up. Is it? Again. Again. It just stopped blooming like last week. Really? And that's only because I pulled all the blossoms off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the, why this plant suddenly decided to bloom all. It started in spring and all summer long it's been blooming. Really? Yep. Still has a few blossoms left over from last show, and now it's starting up again. I don't understand. It's it. very happy. Apparently, you have it in just the right spot, <clears throat> which is where on so our back that, porch. So that other people with cyclamen who are having not uh, as good of luck with it, cyclamen are, you doing are it? what they call cool-growing plants. They don't like the heat of uh, most houses mm-hmm. as much as they do cool temperature. Cool meaning <clears throat> you can probably take them down to like forty-five degrees. At night. At night. Yeah. And uh, if daytime temperatures are hovering around 60, 62, that's, that's best for them. And, but, you know, nobody has houses. And how, <coughs> mu- how much light? <coughs> Strong indirect. Okay. That's not always the easiest combination. Strong indirect light and cool temperatures usually, yeah. you know, you, you get that kind of light, you're warming up. Unless you're on our back porch. That's, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's heated, but only to a certain degree. It doesn't. Uh, we don't heat it up to seventy degrees. But uh, apparently, that's what it likes. So it's performing very well. I'm quite happy with it. And the corm, I'll have to call it that. It never has come up with a proper name for that thing out of which all the leaves come. Mm-hmm. It looks like a corm, it, but it doesn't fit the definition. But anyway, <clears throat> it's getting bigger and bigger. I'll bet. Yeah, because I've had it for a long time now. Well, if you don't uh, if you don't have luck or place to grow one in <coughs> indoors, there are hardy cyclamen that you can yeah. plant outdoors here. Yep, that the, and just finish blooming outdoors too. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends on the variety, <laughs> the species. Yeah, because um, the purpurescence, cyclamen purpurescence, is perfectly hardy here. Mine is a beautiful dome right now of 
variegated leaves. Yep. Green and s- different colors of greens and, and silvers, silvers and grays. Yep. Absolutely spectacular heart-shaped leaves. And and it's reseeding now. It's coming up in the flagstone patio. Oh, darn. Here and there <laughs> and everywhere. It's interesting because the seeds are spread by ants. Yes. When they set their seed and a seed is ripe, the coating on the outside turns into this gelatinous yep. material that the ants seem to like. Yep. And they take them back to their nest and they take them underground and then they germinate. Yep. And you have <coughs> more cyclamen. And, <coughs> and they drop them on the way. Yeah, they drop them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. And then there's um, cyclamen <coughs> coom. Yep. C-O-U-M. Right. And that's a spring bloomer, as I recall. Yes. Or and mine late, will throw late up. winter? Yeah, mine will throw up blossoms really late in the fall. It throws up? Yeah. Well, that's reg- gross. Reg- it regurgitates flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah, they, you can grow them outdoors in uh, somewhat shady. Mm-hmm. Again, morning sunlight would be great. Weirdly, cyclamen cum and cyclamen purpurescence <coughs> like to be planted at different depths. One of them likes to be near the surface. One yeah. of them likes to be buried. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me which one it is. I don't remember. <laughs> you put, put them all in between. There you go. And they'll, and they'll work. They'll, they'll work their way they'll around. They'll work, they'll work their way out. Of, and out then of there's it. cyclamen heterofolia. Yeah. Referring to ivy-like leaves. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of a <coughs> maybe hardy here if you have it in the right spot. Yeah. It's a little bit of a chancy one, but certainly worth a try. And uh, they, like, they all like shady areas. Yes. And uh, areas that get regular moisture, even through the winter. I have to make sure I go out there and water or it, it wilts, and that's a good indication that it's dry. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's uh, plant growing <coughs> plant growing one oh one. But that's an area where I grow a lot of ferns, I have some rhododendron, um what else do I have in there? Uh primroses of different varieties, things that I know need moisture. I have them all in kind of one area. Mm-hmm. So that they're easy to <coughs> I'm not having to drag a sprinkler everywhere. Don't want to do that. I'm kind of lazy. But it concentrates your water use into one area rather than all over the place. Which I think yes. is yes, <coughs> is a good thing. What else? What else is going on? Um, did you get all your bulbs planted? You didn't plant any bulbs. I didn't any plant bulbs. any bulbs this year. No, you didn't. <coughs> I thought about it. and I, I hope others did. Why? Well, yeah, I'm sure they did. Well, I want to hear what people planted in addition to tulips and daffodils. Have you ever grown leucogium? No. Neither have I. No. What do they call that? Summer snowflake or something like that? Looks like a giant lily of the valley. But it's a bulb that you plant. I have not grown them. I know all about them. I know all about them. I don't know all about them, but I, I know the pictures. I understand that they like shade, and I have lots of shade, so I'm going to try some this year. And let's see. What else did I try? Um, I've been planting... Spanish bluebells? Mm-hmm. I think that's what, yeah. Hispanica. Yeah, Spanish bluebells. Yep. Those do really well. If you haven't ever tried those, Spanish bluebells are awesome. Now, they come in different colors. <laughs> Blue is the most common, obviously. Yeah. But you can get them in pink or white as well. Mm-hmm. And they multiply quickly in the ground, the bulbs do. Not like, not like grape hyacinths. You don't have to worry about them taking over. 
but uh, they do multiply nicely and naturalize in a shady area. And I grow them mostly under deciduous trees mm -hmm. so that they do, the foliage does have some sun before the, the leaf, before the trees leaf out. <coughs> and uh, they beautiful, you're, you're, beautiful. You're, you're going to force me into, into relating. Again, I've mentioned this several times now, our experience in seeing a stand of Spanish bluebells that went on for miles. Oh, when you were in England? Yes. Uh, they were Spanish or they were English they bluebells? Were, no, they were Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, I, I can't imagine that, I, that yeah. sort of look. <laughs> but I see pictures like that of snowdrops in England or um, the winter aconites. Aconites, yeah. Yeah, coming up. <clears throat> Just hillsides covered with them. Yeah. How did that happen? I... I, I, I don't know what, how the origin of this was, although they are, they were, the ones I saw were growing in, I keep forgetting the name of these things, I'll call them copses, but they grow these, I don't remember the name of the trees, they're multi-stem trees, and they grow them for wood, for construction and fences and all that sorts of stuff, mm -hmm. mostly in the past, but they're still doing it, and for some reason, or somehow, <clears throat> these Spanish bluebells found their way in there, which is perfect for them absolutely perfect and every i don't know 10 15 20 years they go in there and cut all the trees to the ground and harvest them <clears throat> and harvest that yeah. and they come right back in the meantime the spanish bluebells disappear hmm. they don't like that much sun okay but over the intervening years they can come back in great profusion i mean they're they, they're there <laughs> they, yeah they just don't show themselves and to be able to, and you can't walk without trampling them. And I bet it smells good too. It's not a heavy smell, but there is a smell associated with it. Mm -hmm. And 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 all in my case, I saw only blue. There were really? no off colors at all. Anyway, I looked. Which is no weird. You yeah. would think there would be some genetic <coughs> variability yeah. in those seeds. And we make things up and say, oh, there were millions of them. Well, in this case, there were millions of them, mm -hmm. literally. And you could see them going up over the hills far in the distance. Yeah. Blue. Just blue. Because <laughs> we were there before they had leafed, the trees had leafed out. Sure. So, remarkable. That was worth the trip right there. Oh, no doubt. Well, I let mine go to seed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. far, I haven't seen any <coughs> seedlings. I suspect you will. I, I would hope so. Yeah. I just let them hang in there and they... Yeah, it's they, sort of like the, the cyclamen. That you don't see seedlings coming up for a while, but you know, eventually they True. come up. And after a while, they, you'll be pulling them out <laughs> by the fistful. I'm not pulling them <laughs> out. I'll move them someplace else. But the, one of the reasons I like cyclamen purpurescens the most is that it's evergreen through the winter. Yes. And you had that gorgeous foliage all winter long, and it doesn't seem to be the least bit upset about really really freezing cold i mean nope. below zero temperatures <clears throat> no nope. the foliage is fine yep and plants like that deserve a place in the garden sure sure they do i just it, wish that especially the our winter regular gardens. cyclamen we grow for pot plants like the one i described earlier mm -hmm. which is uh the, the latin persica? name is thank you persicum yeah yeah persicum not hardy no unfortunately and that's the biggest one of the bigger flowered ones. There are a bunch of cyclamen species and some really gorgeous ones. Yep. Won't grow here <coughs> unless you grow them in a pot yeah. sort of as an alpine plant. 
and then you have to provide winter protection. Every now and again, somebody on Facebook will will post pictures of of them growing in pots mm-hmm. and collect a seed and and grow them from seed. And then <laughs> talk about watching paint dry. Jeepers, creepers. Now slow. Oh, Holy cow! But they would show he would show pots of seedlings from one plant, and the and the leaf variation is incredible. Mm-hmm. You would think he's got twenty species there because they're that different. Yeah. Nope, all one species. I've got one that's a named variety. The only named variety I purchased, and I believe it's a coom variety called Christmas tree. And the reason it's called that <coughs> is because in the middle of the leaf, the green the dark green variegation looks exactly mm-hmm. like a Christmas tree. You wonder how how they propagate those. They must do it from seed. You can take those corms, I'll call them that, and you can divide them, but it's it's a very tedious process. I would would imagine. I imagine you just sow a bunch of seed and just (coughs) pick out the ones that have the variegation pattern that you're after. Yeah, and throw all the rest away. Yeah, I don't think so. No, (laughs) call them something else. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go someplace else in the garden. That's right. Hey, our phone number here is 303-477-2473. We would love it if you give us a call. And yeah, ask give us, us a call. I have questions. a dis- disturbing, disturbing note. Uh-oh. I read an article about, and we hear about these in in the news from time to time. These things called microplastics. Oh yeah. All these plastic bags and plastic anything that mm-hmm. gets thrown away, and, and they eventually break down into smaller and smaller and smaller particles until they get to be micro-sized. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're finding microparticles in fish exactly, in the oceans. Yeah. Now they found it in plants. Really? The particles are so small, the plants are taking it up. And that would like, have to be awfully small. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but they're now, I, they noted a couple of vegetables like lettuce, and I think the other one was squash they, they found them in. Hmm. So we're ingesting plastic like we weren't already. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and I there, there's no solution for that other than just get rid of plastics altogether, and that ain't gonna happen. No. So we need to find a bug that gets rid of the plastic. Well, they, there are microorganisms that mm-hmm. will eat it. Yeah. But you know they don't eat very much, so it's gonna take a long time. <laughs> Measured in thousands of years. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, let's see what else is going on. Well, I have another note here since we seem to have some time because nobody's calling us. Should anybody out there be thinking about maybe starting up their own plant growing business? Oh, yeah? I, I ran into this article about auto transplanting machines. Okay. These, they're robots. Come on. Let's sure. call them what they are. Uh, they have machines that will plant cuttings. All by themselves. Really? Yep. And there's a number of companies who make these machines. And, and there's one greenhouse in Michigan. And it's an article about what they have done over the years. They've had these machines since 2017. They bought two the first year. And they now have four. They now have the capacity, without humans touching them, to grow or to stick 32 million cuttings a year. Goodness. <laughs> now, what are they growing? I had to look up and find out what they're growing. They're growing everything. 
Where are they getting annuals, all these cuttings? Annuals and perennials and trees and shrubs and whole nine That's yards. a lot of stock plants to maintain. I, that's another company. Yeah. <laughs> 32 million cuttings a year. All done automatically. From four machines. Four machines. So divide by seven, carry the four, 32. How many? That's eight. Eight million per machine. Yeah. Eight million per machine. Per, per machine. Yep. See how I did that there? No, I didn't even quickly. use my fingers. I know. <laughs> I, I just saw that and I, just remarkable. And there are other companies that are doing similar things in other parts of the country. I just. Because one time I was thinking about maybe starting up a little company and growing cuttings and then selling those or mm-hmm. brooding them and selling them to somebody else to finish them. I was trying to figure how many of these could I do in a you know in a day's time? And we're talking hundreds, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but these guys are doing thirty two million a year. Well, you too, once you get successful, could be able to buy those machines. I, I suppose. Now you need now you need land to to fill yes. it because they have to go somewhere. <laughs> Greenhouses. <laughs> And there was an article, and I, I didn't bring that in. I probably should have. It listed the number of acres being grown <clears throat> for vegetable production. And companies are now putting up greenhouses 10 million square feet at a time. What? Yeah. <laughs> One fell, fell swoop. We need to get and, into the and, greenhouse business. <laughs> and many of them are additions to what they already have. Yeah, yeah. And those are ma- <clears throat> measured in acres <clears throat> of greenhouses. Goodness gracious. We had a greenhouse up, and maybe still up there. It was somehow related to, to Galway's, I think. I think it was 2 million square feet. Mm. <clears throat> I forget what the acreage is on that. but <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, <clears throat> it was the biggest in the state, and I have no idea where that stands now if it's even still there i assume it is but man so there are some big boys out there all right well we need to take a break yeah we will take a break and get back and take your phone calls uh, immediately as soon as they come in here and here's the phone number again 303-477-2473 2473 right here on legends 810 As a gardener, you already know that happy, healthy roots translate to happy, healthy plants. Unfortunately, not all potting mixes are created equal. And without a good soil environment for healthy root growth, your houseplants, herbs, and other potted plants are sentenced to a life of hard labor, or worse. That's why all gardeners need to know about Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix. The choice of professional nursery and greenhouse growers, a long-lasting all-purpose performer, Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix has everything necessary your plants need to thrive, including slow-release humates, to promote healthy roots and vibrant, vigorous plants. When you want to know which product works best, find out what the experts use. Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix. Your plants will love you for it. Ask for Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix by name at your favorite independent garden center. Jared's Garden Center, Tagawa Gardens, Wilmore Nursery, and Nick's Garden Center. Be sure and tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. All right, we're back on the air, back here on Legends 810, taking your phone call messages, and we see one's coming in. Boy, oh boy, I can't we're wait. We're so excited. I wonder who that is. <laughs> I still have fall crocus blooming, of all things. I, there's a number of things. We have 
Snapdragon's blooming, for heaven's sakes. I've got some Zalchnaria blooming. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I got a bone to pick. Oh, no. Uh, yet another trade magazine coming out in a full-page article, and they're introducing a new plant. Okay. It's called True... true it, here's, here's the headline. True Innovation in Ferns. Ferns? Ferns, yeah. <laughs> you perked up on that one, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Darwin Perennials presents Sunfern. Okay. Let's see. You can, uh, you can, you can add this to your fern collection. Indoor or outdoor? It's outdoor. Okay. Perennial. I think it goes down to uh, zone four. Cool. And you find it as you read on, you read on, you read on. It's not a fern at all. Oh. It's an artemisia. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was going to say, what species? What species? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a fern. Well, here, I'll show it to you. It looks like a fern. No, it doesn't. Looks like an Artemisia. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I know it, and I probably have grown this in the past. Yeah. But now they've made a selection. And they call this sun fern, as it has very ferny foliage. So it's actually Artemisia sun fern. It's not a fern at all, people. Should you have, think about buying this uh, at, at a garden center? This it should be available. I would think this coming year. I've been growing lots of ferns in my yard. Surprised? It surprised the heck <coughs> out of me. I had no idea that they would grow so well in this climate in my soil that I do not am amend. They go right into the soil I have, and they do just great if you're careful about what you choose. And I found, I found the, the one species of ferns that <coughs> does really well is Dryopteris. And the reason I remember it so well is the first three letters are D-R-Y, dry. Mm. And, and that's descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mind getting dry. So any any of the species of dryopteris that are hardy to zone five or four or three, you ought to give them a try in a shady area under a pine tree or even a deciduous tree. It doesn't matter. But give them some shade. And I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how well they do. Also, Japanese painted fern, yeah. one of the most colorful ferns yeah. I've ever seen in my life. You would never think of it as to something that you'd even put outside during the summer, let alone leave it outside. Mm -hmm. It does amazingly <coughs> well here. And ghost fern <coughs> is another great one. And I, I'm assuming it's a dryopteris of some kind. But ghost fern, lady fern, male fern, Japanese painted fern, uh, the shield fern. Cinnamon fern, Christmas fern, there's a lot of them that just really do well. And I'm finding more and more as my, and I'm starting them from spores again. Uh-oh. I did, I, I planted out 24 of them I started from spores last year. And, uh, and then they have done well. And then this year I'm doing some spores from male, a male fern that I have and a Japanese painted fern. And this time I kept them separate. <laughs> cool yeah so and, and they're already putting up fronds in in the uh, little incubator i have for yeah. them so i started earlier this year good idea so i have bigger plants earlier yeah can't get them started too early takes a while it does they are slow growing but at, at first. very easy to do <coughs> i mean you you get them all put together in their little zip-up pouch that I have. My wife, my wife got some pillowcases, I think they were, that were in this plastic cube, soft plastic cube that has zip top mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. Works perfect <coughs> for a little greenhouse for ferns. 
So I seed them into their seed pots there, put them in there, wet them down, have some water standing at the bottom, zip them up, put them under the lights. And walk away. And walk away for (laughs) literally months. You can walk away. And eventually they have big enough plants to start transplanting out of them. That's sort of like growing a terrarium. Yeah, exactly like it. Yeah, exactly like it, yeah. In fact, they would make good terrarium plants. More than likely, yeah. So we have a caller. Let's get back out to the phones here and uh, say hello to Nancy this morning. Hello, Nancy. Good morning. What's going on with you today? Well, I took your advice and had... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can blame you next spring. Um, stump removal and daughter come out and trim my trees. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot less tree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you trim them, yes. Yes. And we cut one down totally. Oh, my. Um because I didn't like it. And so rather than have them trim it, they just took it down. Okay. And how did, and, did um, they do a good job for you? They did. They did a, a like I said, I'll wait until spring for a final evaluation. <laughs> but um, I hope they, yeah, that sure looks, they look a lot better. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot less tree and the, and the ash and the maple were kind of growing together up at the top. Yeah. And they took all that um out and and got it off the top of the uh, roof, the house mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that was hanging over. And so, yeah, and the poor crab apple that I have been saying is dying a slow death in my front yard. Uh, they cut out all the dead wood, which was probably half the tree. And boy, it sure looks better just as it is. Well, good. I'm glad to hear. Oh. Was it did, was it Mordecai or Peter? Peter. Peter came out. Okay. Peter and three other guys. Uh huh. And they did a one. I mean, they did a wonderful job. You never know when they left that they were here. Isn't that I the mean, truth? I tell you, the yard looked better than than when they started. Isn't that so, what I say? Yeah. 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 I, and, and they cleaned up the street where they did the <clears throat> grinding. You know. Uh huh. And there, you know, I went out there with a broom and thought, well, there's nothing here for me to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll just go back in the house. There you but go. No, they at least I think they did a wonderful job, and I just wish we'd have done it when the leaves were on, and I'd have had a whole lot less leaves to. <laughs> <for a week. laughs> yeah, that's true, huh? I mean, yeah. I was up to about twenty-five, thirty bags of leaves this year, and um, I'd have been probably half that. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, but yeah, they're old, big trees, and uh, and it probably had been eight years anyway. Mm-hmm. From when they were trimmed the last time, so um, it was time. Well, that's wonderful. I, I really appreciate you letting us know that you, uh, you you enjoyed having them on your property, and, and you bet. And I recommend them to anybody. They they were great. Well, terrific. Well, for everybody else out there, that is uh, stump removal and daughter. And usually you'll talk to Mordecai, but sometimes you'll talk to Peter. They work together. Um, do you have a phone number handy? I do have it handy right here, if everybody is ready. It is 303-246-6891. Cool. All right. Anything else today, Nancy? No, that was it. I just wanted to thank you for the recommendation. Well, thank you for calling and letting us know what went well. Okay. <clears throat> have a good day. All right, you, you bet. Yeah, it's always nice to know when uh, we recommend someone or something that uh, it worked. Because it, if it doesn't, 
I want to know about it too, but I always I also want to know when it does work. And it worked in my yard. Had Glenn and Peter out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, second or third time. And just like she said, it's like they weren't there. Did their job and left. Poof. Gone. Just like that. Hey, speaking of trees, one tree that's very notable in the landscape right now <clears throat> is uh, one particular hawthorn. It's covered in red berries. Mm-hmm. Um, they're everywhere where you, where you didn't think they were. Mm-hmm. And now the leaves are gone, and they're just, they're red. The trees are red. Is it uh, Winter King? <clears throat> I don't know. They don't come with labels. Well, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be smart enough to I know. know. I know. I why well, I heard someone think or say that it might be a Russian hawthorn. Oh, it could be Russian. Yeah, they were covered in berries this fall. Yeah, just man. But there's another one. Russian hawthorn has a sort of dark bark, and then Winter King has kind of a silvery gray bark. And and I've noticed the Winter Kings in my neighborhood are just loaded. Smaller berries, but more of them. Yep. Yep. Bright red. I think that goes in concert with it also being a good apple fruit year and good pear fruit year. Just a good fruit year altogether. It it was just a wonderful spring. Um, We had the frost when they were supposed to come and didn't come when we didn't want them. And so all the flowers uh, fruited. And so um, it was a great apple year and pears. Well, we must have had a, a good bee crop then to pollinate all that stuff. I thought they were all gone. Oh. Well, then there must have been <laughs> elves and fairies out there <laughs> pollinating must, the must flowers. Be. Must be. <clears throat> and gnomes and leprechauns. Yeah, don't hear much anymore about uh, bee deaths. Mm-mm. I think that's attributed to them finding what the real cause is. Yeah. It's not... The cause or not the use of neonics everywhere. I can almost guarantee you that there's nobody in my neighborhood using neonics. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I, I don't know so. why they would. They're yeah. not growing anything yeah. that would ever warrant. They're the not use even of watering neonics. anything. <laughs> that too. <laughs> in some years we had lots of bees, and other years not so much. We had a lot of bees this year. Man, did we! Have. And, and talking to my bee friends. And I have a number of friends who keep bees on a, on a fairly large scale. And by large scale, I mean like five, six, eight, ten hives. Mm-hmm. Um, they sp- the majority of their time they're spending <coughs> say, trying to keep their bees alive is, is treating them for varroa mites. Yeah, the mite is a big, big problem. Real big problem. And there are other things that, that get in there. Mm-hmm. What was I, was I reading or listening or watching? Murder or wasps. Well, we don't have those here. But apparently other wasps will go in and devastate yeah. a hive. Just go in and kill them all. <laughs> they don't eat them. <laughs> just kill them. They're just mean-spirited. They're just mean. They've always been mean. Yeah. We need some kind-hearted wasps. That's what we need. I've never seen any. They're always mean. We need some wasps that you can pet. <laughs> Walk on a leash. <laughs> Speaking of which, why is it that that humans believe strongly that if an animal has fur, he wants to be petted? <laughs> Folks, this is not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, you have a cat. 
<laughs> and there are times he didn't want to be petted either. No. <clears throat> He'll reach around and grab you. Or pet me, but only five times. Exactly. <laughs> the sixth time you'll regret it. That's right. And all during the five times, he will purr up a storm. <laughs> you think, oh, he's happy. Well, only to a certain extent. Yeah. And if you exceed that, and he turns around and bites you, and then he will run off and go to his angry spot. <laughs> He has an angry chair and an angry corner. <laughs> and when he goes there, you, you leave him alone. Yeah. Don't reach your hand in there. He'll bite it. No, it takes 10 minutes, and he's back purring again. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. That's the way of cats. Hey, nobody's giving us a call, so maybe I'll give out the phone number. I'll just keep giving out the phone number again and again and again until someone says, quit it. 303-477-2473. That's our phone number here. This is National Bavarian Cream Pie Day today. I could go for some Bavarian cream pie about now. I had I had pumpkin pie for breakfast yesterday. Yeah. Who made your pumpkin pie? My wife. Oh, yeah? From scratch, out of a can. <laughs> I was, thought you were going to say from that pumpkin you grew in the backyard. Well, she made she made the uh, the crust from scratch. And this, yeah, then there was a recipe, you know. Yeah, well, of course, <laughs> have all kinds of spices <laughs> and things in it. A lot of people make uh, make pumpkin pie out of out of uh, other squashes, mm -hmm. and it tastes just as good to me. We, you know, we tried doing that, you know, thinking it's going to taste so much better if you if you grow your own pumpkin and. Scrape it all out and cook it and do all that. No. No. <laughs> and you have to use and it wasn't nearly as smooth and creamy. No. You it was a little chunky. I know. <laughs> Even if you put it through a colander. Yeah. Um, there are special pumpkins that are grown for making pies. Right, right. Not a, you can make pumpkin pie out of any squash, I suppose, including all the, all the pumpkins. I wonder what your pie would look like if you made it from white pumpkins. I don't know what color is a white pumpkin on the inside. Uh, I assume it's white. I don't know. Why? I don't Pro know that it is. Not. You could call that your ghost pumpkin pie. Yeah. Let's see. What else is going on in my basement? Anything going on? Oh, interesting little factoid. I switched out some of my T5 grow lights mm -hmm. for LEDs. Yes. I bought these LED bars. Uh, brand name is Barina, B-A-R-R-I-N-A, -A. and uh, not not expensive at all. And you just plug them in, and, and away you go. Plug and play, yeah. Yeah, and so I switched out some of the T5 fixtures for some of these Barina light bars, and I'm growing African violets. I started growing African violets again. I don't know why. <laughs> it just reminds me of my childhood and my grandma, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The flowers on these African violets are enormous. Hmm. I've never seen African violets with flowers this big. <clears throat> and they weren't that big under the T5s. So I don't know what LEDs do. I don't know. I'm surprised <coughs> reading trade magazines and seeing pictures of greenhouses that are fully stocked with LEDs. Mm. I am, I'm stunned by how few there are of those bars up in the in the ceiling, in mm -hmm. the overhead, which apparently is adequate for growing lots of stuff. 
I don't understand it is. that. My uh, my friend, my orchid <coughs> friend, has is playing with these LED lights as I am, and she bought a uh, a meter, a light meter that measures mm-hmm. the par value. Yeah, which is what you. You don't measure foot candles anymore. No, Throw that out the window. Yeah, you have to you don't measure, measure lumens. <laughs> you don't measure lux. You measure photosynthetic Forget active that. radiation. <laughs> yes. You measure the par value of the light. <clears throat> so she bought one of these meters. I'm too cheap to buy one. <coughs> I just watch the plants and the plants decide what, you yeah. know, what the way the plants react, I determine whether they're getting too much or too little. Mm-hmm. Um, so she let me borrow her light meter. And I do need to adjust a few things. But for the most part, I got them in the right spot, uh-huh. believe it or not. And it doesn't take very much. It doesn't take many of these bars. I mean, I, I basically replaced the, the, the LED bars. I replaced one-to-one mm-hmm. with the T5s. Yeah. I didn't have to add extras. And uh, they're doing just fine. I'm growing cactus and succulents under yeah. some. And gardenias. Oh, by the way, I made two mistakes. And then we'll go and talk to, to Mark. But my first mistake was a couple months ago, I was in a big box store buying some hard goods, hardware stuff. And they had just gotten a fresh shipment of gardenias. And they were cheap as dirt in a six-inch pot, like twelve ninety-five. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't resist because my wife loves gardenias. Well, I just noticed about two weeks ago, it is riddled with mealybug. That was one mistake. I should have known better. Number two, I was there at the same store just a couple weeks ago buying some Christmas lights, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And they had just gotten a whole fresh shipment of cactus and succulents in. That's when to buy things there is if... When they just get them in. The day they take them off the truck. Yeah. yeah. And they had this beautiful <coughs> assortment of aloes. And I've really kind of been fascinated by aloes lately because mm-hmm. they, they can grow under fairly low light situations and colorful foliage and shapes and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And they had these that uh, had this kind of a burgundy reddish foliage. And I've seen from my Facebook posts and on LinkedIn about Altman plants and they, they develop a bunch of new aloes with different colors and what have you. And I thought, Oh, there we go. I'll grab one. It's only three ninety eight. I can deal with that. <laughs> I get it home and I look at it more closely. It died. <laughs> they spray painted it. It's spray painted. <laughs> I got fooled. <coughs> I can't believe it. I'm so embarrassed. And here I am telling the entire world. Millions and millions of people now that, know. That's right. Now they know that you don't know what you're and, talking about. And other planets and everything. <laughs> Should I believe anything he says? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, sure. I'm sure I've been there too. <clears throat> so there you have it. When you, when you go the cheap route, sometimes it's not the smart route. So we probably should take a, a break, and then we can come back and talk to Mark. Mark wants to talk to us about distribution of roots on a ponderosa pine. Okay. That'd All right. Interesting. We can handle that, I think, when we get back here on Legends A10. Whether it's a family Thanksgiving or a Friendsgiving celebration, flowers are the finishing touch. Give thanks to all the special people in your life. Sending flowers is a meaningful gesture that will be remembered for years to come. 
make memories, and make flowers part of your holiday tradition. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we deliver your sentiments locally and around the world. It's easy to send flowers. Check out our website for beautiful choices. Order online at lafayetteflorist.com. Call and speak to one of our floral experts or stop by. We're open daily. Come check us out. Lafayette Florist is a tropical greenhouse filled with indoor plants, succulents, and pottery. Browse through two floors of holiday decorated and gift showrooms. Visit our walk-in cooler for a pre-made bouquet, a custom-designed bouquet, and buckets of fresh-cut flowers to choose your own creation. We're your one-stop holiday shopping spot. Bring your shopping list and we'll help you knock it out. Visit Boulder County's premier florist and garden center, Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Family-owned and celebrating over 70 years in business. For more information, visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com or call us at 303-665-5555. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back taking your phone calls right here on Legends 810 as, uh, was it Mark has called? Yeah. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for calling the Garden Pros. No, hey, we're the Garden hey. Wise Guys now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, well, the, the description was close. I'm looking to, uh, or calling about disturbing roots on a ponderosa pine. I'm um, looking to do some digging and uh, putting in some concrete That'll probably go down maybe, uh, you know, two feet. And um, where I'm going to be doing this is probably within, from the drip drip edge of the tree towards the the trunk is probably about three, four feet um, from the edge of the drip edge of the of the tree line there mm-hmm. and just wanted to see if that was going to have much of an impact on uh, that tree or you know if i was need to be concerned about it just kind of get some general idea on that now, right. are you going to be doing this all the way around the tree or just in no, one just small in section or one small section probably probably about four feet by three feet Oh, so you're you're excavating a hole of that yeah. size. Yeah. <clears throat> now, does that hole have to be exactly in that particular spot, or could, can it? Can you move that? You know, a foot or two in one direction or another. Um, no, it's it's <clears throat> pretty pretty set. Yeah. yeah it's hard to tell uh, where the where the roots are of the tree. You may dig down and and find. Well, I know you'll find some roots, but they may not be large roots. And, uh, I mean, you may just be lucky that way. No, you don't know my luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll send some luck your way. But I don't, I don't know that it's going to, uh, a hole that size is, even if you, even if you have to cut through a, a fairly large root or two, I don't know that it's going to make all that much difference to the tree, to be honest. Okay. What do you think, Jim? I'm going to say you're not going to do the tree any favors. Now, whether or not you, when you cut a very large root, if if rot should get in there and go back to the tree, 
that of course can be detrimental mm-hmm. um a couple of things i would consider one is how old am i how how young is this tree how expensive would it be to have to take it out should it succumb uh those kinds of things none of which has anything to do about the health of the tree immediately how old is this tree how big is it <clears throat> I'd say at the base it's probably about 16 inches uh, okay. diameter, and it's it's probably oh good 20, 20 feet tall. Okay, and so it's a youngster. Probably it was probably planted. Um, the house was built in '73, so it was probably planted shortly thereafter, and has just kind of been in that. Uh, 16 inches diameter. <clears throat> That's a pretty good sized tree. Yeah. So I'm I'm surprised it's only 20, 25 feet tall. Yeah, it might be a little taller. I know it. I know it sticks up. <clears throat> I have a I have a garage next to it that is probably about 13 feet at the peak, and it probably yeah. extends 15 feet above well, that. Well, I can give you some experience having used to work in a community that was. The, the major tree, and probably the only tree, if about 99% of the trees were all ponderosa pines. And when they were building houses, they would often move the footprint of the house so that they wouldn't cut down any trees. And in the process, they brought in, of course, big excavation equipment to you know, put a foundation in, and they would cut off literally half the roots of a tree and then build a house and, and then come back and say, neener, 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 see, it didn't do any harm at all. Well, they, weren't, they didn't wait long enough because down the road, yes, that tree is starting to suffer, and it's usually starting to suffer on that side of the tree where the roots were, were cut. And, it find, and most of the trees finally succumb. It just takes a while. How, so, How far from the trunk is this hole going to be? Probably, probably a good eight feet, ten, ten feet maybe. Okay. Yeah, the more the merrier as far as getting away from the trunk. Um, I, I doubt if you'll notice any issues. If it were me, I'd go ahead and do it. Uh, yeah, life, life proceeds and some things you just have to do. Um, if you run into a big root, see if you can't make a clean cut on the root when you're excavating. Yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah, I'm going to be digging by hand. Shovel. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. digging by hand, you can do that. If you do it by, by machine, uh, probably not. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead and do it. And uh, I would say to favor the tree, I would make sure, ensure in the next couple of years, it's well watered around uh, the existing, whatever's left with the root system. Okay. How deep right. are you going to go? Uh, about two, two and a half feet deep. Yeah. So yeah. you'll definitely come in contact with some roots. Just yeah. how big they're going to be is unknown until you find them. Yeah. Well, I think between now and then I'll just ask the tree to move the roots for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you might get an indication, not that this is going to change anything. You can look at the base of the tree and move away all the pine needles and, and whatever else is down there and see if you can't see some... Some um, some enlargement uh, of of the of the trunk at where it enters the ground. Right. See if you can't yeah. see what <clears throat> possibly is a root coming out there. 
a swelling, if you will. Um, you should see that all the way all the way around the tree. You can locate most of their bigger roots, yeah. and you'll get an idea before you even start whether or not you're going to run into big roots. Yeah, I used to have six of these in my yard, <clears> and, uh, and I see how. So I know, I know what you're talking about. Those are the the roots that lifted in my driveway. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now you say these are ponderosa pines, and you and you planted them, or someone else planted them? No, they were here when I bought the house. Uh, if I may ask, what part of the of the uh, metro area do you live in? Uh, southeast Aurora. <sighs> southeast Aurora, and hmm, that's ponderosa pine country. Um, not natively. I think natively it's just uh, you know. I, the reason I'm asking because. Planting ponderosa pine is a little unusual. Mostly people are planting Austrian pines, which look somewhat similar. Well, and they may be. I mean, I know these as ponderosas. They're the, you know, the, uh, the six-inch needle, the, about that, you know. Have they produced pine cones? Yes. Um, so are they, are they prickly or are they smooth? The pine cones? Uh-huh. Um, I wouldn't say real prickly. Okay. They do it, have some. Another another way to tell is you can if you can find a bare trunk, and and when the sun shines on the bare trunk, even uh, cool temperatures like today, they'll smell like vanilla. Yeah. So go smell your tree trunk. Yeah. Go smell your trees. Okay. <laughs> and if it smells like vanilla, is that then a that's a ponderosa probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they typically will have if you take your hand and rub from the bottom of the cone to the tip. It'll be very prickly. I mean, I mean, you won't even be able to run your hand to the tip. Yeah, of the there'll cone. be a, a little prickle at the end of very, uh, each scale, on right, the, on the cone. And if if the scales are smooth and you don't have that prickly feel, then that's an Austrian pine, and uh, and they look almost identical. It's just Austrians have a tendency to keep their lower limbs all the way to the ground if you want them to, yeah. and much oh. darker green needles, and they're very usually very full. Mm-hmm. Ponderosas right. have a tendency to lose their lower limbs yeah. over time. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I've, I've had to do a lot of pruning on these. Okay. It's like they uh, they just the, the lower limbs just end up uh, have, over the years have just lost every needle and I've just cut them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that sounds like a ponderosa. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Yeah, and I do know. They're not, uh, the cones are not smooth, smooth, you know, so when I'm like, when they drop and I have to mow the grass, it's like, I tend to be a little bit careful. Yeah. If, if you live there long okay. enough, you'll find that your ponderosas can get to be really quite tall, and you may not have any limbs up to 30 feet off the ground. They'll have died and fallen off. But then we're talking, if, if your name's Methuselah, you might actually witness that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they've, uh, you know, they, they like it here. It's it's real sandy soil, so. Are you watering them? Uh, yeah. Okay. One, one is in the yard and two is over on a north section where, you know, it's just kind of like an easement. There's just rocks there, but they, uh, one gets, of the three, one gets a little more water, or two of them get a little more water than the third one, and it's the third one that's uh, the one in question is where I'm going to be digging. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, I just, uh, yeah, you've given me uh, the info I needed. Uh, you know, I'll just give it a, uh, a watch, and, you know, what happens, happens. Exactly. There's not much you can do about it. Yeah. 
I, but I will ask the tree to move its frizz for me. Okay. Well, I'm glad it's going to be a good eight or ten feet away from the trunk. That helps a lot. And uh, and it's not going to be a very big hole, three three to four feet wide and 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 long. That's that's not a very big hole, so you won't come into contact with that many roots to affect the overall health of the tree. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, you know, on that, on just you know, if those roots. I know a lot on the pines, they they the roots go out mm-hmm. rather than down, but I wasn't sure. You know how if that depth of, uh, of t- say two feet is going to be detrimental, or you know if that's where all the big roots run. Or I think at two feet you'll probably find that you've you've bypassed almost all the entire root system. Ponderosa, yep. yeah, ponderosa pines are not that deeply rooted. Although in sandy soil they'll be a little more deeply rooted. But most trees are going to have their their majority of their roots in the upper eighteen to twenty four inches of soil. Okay. So I'm going to be right in that area. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Well, it'll be, it'll be. Yeah, give us a call and let us know how that how that turns out. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Right. Thanks, guys. You bet. Bye. We have three minutes left for this hour for someone to give us a call at 303-477-2473, and we can get you in. And if we don't get your question answered, we can hold you over the top of the hour because we know how to do that. Well, Sean does. We, well, we have buttons. <laughs> Sean knows how to press the right buttons. Usually. Sometimes. Yeah, usually. Hey, uh, this is a little surprising. Record high temperature for today, <clears throat> 2017, not that long ago. 81 degrees. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> End of November, that's not bad. Record low, minus 14. <laughs> oh, dear. So if you do the math right, that gives you uh, 95 degrees difference between record high and record low. And that this this phenomenon happens again in the spring. Yes. In the dead of winter, you don't get that, that much uh, variation. But uh, fall and uh, spring, you get these wide swings of uh, record high and record low temperatures. This is why it's, <clears throat> it's difficult to garden in, in the Rocky Mountains, folks. Yeah, a lot of trees that we like to grow here and shrubs and even perennials don't, uh, don't come from parts of the world that experience that kind of swing yeah. of temperature. And they may grow here for 20 years and then bang. It's that one winter. We get that one winter that uh, takes it down to, uh, to the low temperature of what, what our zone says it, it can get to, so... And sometimes we dip into zone four, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Doesn't happen often, but it only has to happen once. (laughs) Only has to happen once during the year. Yeah, That's right. And so all your zone five plants are are dead. (laughs) Or wish they were. All right, there's there's music that indicates that we have to get out here and make a little bit of room. It doesn't take very long at all. It's one of the shortest breaks in radio history. And we'll be back really quick right here on Legends 810.
KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at Legend.